0: I, this week when I was studying about the life of Paul, and you've been with us now over the summer months, and so you've kind of followed Paul as Saul and then his conversion. And, and then today, I think about as we get to um, Acts chapter 13, which is a long chapter, you have the story of of Paul that I would call the comeback kid. He's the guy that just keeps coming back for a beating and, and keeps going on. It's like the energy the energizer bunny just keeps going on before we get to that i wanted to say a few words about what i think is happening in our culture today as you as you realize by listening to the news at all there's there's trouble everywhere in the world even at the olympics there's great danger there's almost like a spirit of gloom and doom at the olympics this time and in fact those uh, people that are involved in the Olympic games have written back to their, to their families saying, don't come, it's very dangerous here. People are being robbed, lives are in danger, the water's not safe. And I'm thinking to myself, we live in dangerous times of turmoil. And if you go back and you read scripture and you look at scripture, you see how that all happened way back there in the book of Genesis, as it was a parting of the ways through the, the chosen one and, and, the, and the handmaid's son. And how there's been that enmity and the odds between Christianity and Islam for years. And no matter what people try to tell you, there is there's tension and there's war there. Because, because the Quran actually looks at us as infidels. As I was studying the text for today, I realized so much how that they have tried to jade any passages that, that might point people to believing that Jesus Christ was the Messiah, that John the Baptist was the forerunner to Jesus, and, and the heresy that has been written um, to refute Christianity. So as I look at it, I, I say, no matter what the media says, you know that this is a battle between good and evil between truth and lies, between one man's path and another man's path. And you ought to know this, everybody in here ought to know this for for a fact. Salvation is real, but salvation only comes through Jesus Christ. There is no other way to get to heaven there is no other way whereby men can be saved than through Jesus Christ. There's one God and one mediator between God and man. It's Jesus. Tomorrow night at Men's Bible Study, I'd like you to invite your friends and make sure you come, men, because I want to explain what the Bible teaches that salvation actually is. What I see as a cultural shift in America and around the world, is this, this thought that's become the contemporary thought of, uh, specifically of Calvinistic churches that you are the elect before the foundation of the world, and if the elect are the elect, they just go to heaven. That's it. They just assimilate this understanding of Scripture, and that makes them get to heaven. But nobody knows the Bible better than Satan. No one. James said it. The, the devil believes and trembles. The devil hates us. He will do anything he can to wreak havoc upon those who are living for Christ. He will do anything that he can to seduce us out of the will and the way of God. You understand that? And I can make you a solid promise today that if you come to this church, because we're not the only church, I'm not stating that, but if you come to this church, we're going to preach that there is n- salvation nowhere else but through Jesus Christ. You cannot get saved any other way. You cannot get to heaven through any other means. You can't just assimilate salvation. You must come to a point in your life where you get saved from something. And saved to something. From and to There has to be a point. There has to be. I'm saddened all the time when I think, and I hear preachers, and specifically in my old church, say, I can't point back to when I was saved. And I think to myself, I can. I actually don't remember the date, but I remember the experience clearly. Do you? Yes. There is a moment, a point in time where you clearly accept or reject Christ. There is no other way to heaven. Given among men, whereby you must be saved. There is only one way, one truth. Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Do you know how I know that our church will continue to grow? Because lives will change. Only by the power of the Holy Spirit that comes inside of you. It doesn't make you perfect in God's eyes, yes. But in the world, no, you'll still sin you'll still feel guilty about sin. Yesterday as we were working, we were working, we was working. As we were working at the new place, um, Scott, who's sitting in front of me, Scott England came over for a couple hours in the afternoon to help us. And we were just talking and I was asking him, you know, does he feel like, cause he's 42 years old. I said, you still have your baby face, keep it as long as possible. Um, and, and he said, you know, I said to him, Do you feel like you're beginning your years of midlife crisis? Because when you get in your 40s, you want a red sports car, let your hair blow in the wind like Fabio, and just be hot. Weird. Anyway, it does happen. And he said, no, you know what? I think I'm the happiest in my life that I've ever been. Because last year, his children were invited to our Bible school and they came. And because of that, they came back for trunk and treat and then to Christmas Eve and then visited our church after the first of the year. And I remember distinctly when Amy went with Becky outside in a theater here in the hallway and sat down on the floor and, and they were there forever talking and Becky came in the car and she said, she was gloriously saved. And then we prayed that her husband would be. Did I lead you to the Lord or did somebody else, Scott? No, the Lord saved you. Somebody led you to the Lord. <laughs> See, that's where people get, they say, you can't take any credit. You never led anybody to the Lord. No, that's not correct. A shepherd leads sheep. Yeah. You understand that? Yeah. So you don't get in that mindset of like, well, everybody says you're King Kong, the dictator. I don't want anybody worshiping me because I'm a mess. But I do believe that you can lead people correctly. Or the devil is going to lead them like sheep to the slaughterhouse, right? Your life should lead people and point people to Christ. God saved you, I led you to him. That's what I'm doing right now. I take this responsibility very seriously. Because, see, the devil's always going to lie to you say, don't listen to him. No, he's on an ego trip. He just wants to chalk some souls up on a little checklist. No, I don't. I want you to go to heaven with me. You should want everybody around you to go to heaven with you. And let me just say this. The devil's the master at making you a procrastinator in sharing Christ with other people. Yes. And this is what I wanted to say outside of my text for today. That the reason why i believe america is in such deep deep dung is because no one is good enough for us christians we're just perfect we're going to get a third party candidate we're going to get a perfect president that fits all of our checklist really honestly Are you that stupid? There is none righteous, no, not one. The only righteousness that you and I have to claim is what Christ has given us on our account in eternity. Until then, there is none righteous. You are declared righteous, but I challenge you to live a week without sin. Most of you can't make it through the afternoon today. It's sad. Therefore, I say this, it is high time that we get on the right page and understand that if we do not get a president in there who is committed to serious conservative judges, your children will face the consequences of a president like Hillary Clinton, who is a liar. Well, so is Trump, you say. I'll take the lesser of two evils while they're still available. It's going to get worse, it's not gonna get better because you people that have that attitude, never Trumpers, you are on the wrong page. You need to listen to your shepherd. You need to listen closely and you're not good at listening. That's our whole culture today. I don't have to listen to you and I don't have to work at Burger King, they only pay $12 an hour. Do, Do you see where I'm going with this? You can't ask for discipline out of anyone. We were late in getting here this morning And when I came in, I just thought there was too much base. And I thought, I need to risk setting it straight right now. But I also knew that I need to be very careful that it would not offend anyone in the process of correcting things because we live in a culture of offenses. You understand this? You cannot talk to young people. They're always offended. They're always going to run. They're always going to quit. You cannot talk to husbands and wives anymore. They're always going to run. They're always going to quit. They're always right. They got their feelings hurt. And so the easier road is divorce. No, it's not. Your kids never understand it. Your kids can't figure it out. Do you understand this? We need to be committed to what God is committed to. If God's word says it, then we should not be ashamed to preach it. Correct? Correct? We ought to just, there's no preaching anymore because we're worried about being politically correct. I say vote for Trump or you're going to have the most liberal judges you have ever experienced in your life. You understand this? Get, you are literally giving up your freedom. The Supreme Court justices could literally turn over Roe versus Wade. Is that not worth putting up with that man? God have mercy on us. I I hear of people in our church that are saying, well, I'm going to vote for Trump, and their Christian legalistic relatives say, God have mercy on you. We should work. We should vote for Jesus man. Jesus man is perfect. If Jesus were here today, we wouldn't even want him as our pastor because we'd we'd feel so convicted. We wouldn't even want to enter the room. The Holy Spirit would be so powerful, right? Right? The problem with the generation, the, the, the Millennials, is that they don't know what it is to fight for anything. It's all, the only thing they know how to fight is how to make those controllers work better. Seriously. There is no control in their life. They have all control at the tips of their fingers. I suggest this, parents. Throw out your gaming systems out of your house. Throw out your dirty, rotten movies and your garbage as that is on your internet. All of us. Let the holiness of God fall on your house and you're going to enjoy life. And I know that I'm right about this. You put your kids in this children's ministry, 12 young people accepted Christ in Bible school. You say, well, that's so stupid. Little kids don't matter. Yes, they do. They have their whole life ahead of them. You say it's such a waste of a person's life as a college person to surrender to do ministry. No, it's not. It's the most rewarding thing in the world. If you haven't been on the page lately, you ought to understand this. God gave us that facility. It is a gift. It's a miracle that he gave it to us. It's a miracle that we are going to raise the money from people who don't have the money like me. It's going to come supernaturally. Are you listening? God always works in supernatural ways with people who want to experience God. I'm not afraid to preach anymore. I'll study all week, and then I'll go with what the Holy Spirit tells me to tell you. And by the way, I can lead you. And I'm not trying to put you down, Scott. I'm just saying this. If I'm not a shepherd and I'm not leading, I'm not doing my job. What shepherd would let his sheep run for the cliff? not the one that I see in the scriptures, not the one that I see, no way. The shepherd is going to come and say, I don't care if you like me or not, you are headed the wrong direction. Partying Saturday night and going to church on Sunday morning does not work. You're just covered with guilt and hate. You get to this chapter, and if you were here last week, you remember this, And by the way, I don't understand how people can miss week after week after week after week and expect they're not going to be carnal and make wrong decisions. It's not possible to make good decisions if God is not in the picture. Amen? Lord, you need to be in the picture every second of our life. Every second. You know what I realized on my 65th birthday on Friday? That I am so loved and I love so many people. I can't even stand it. You. You. I love you. I love her and my kids, all of them, and my friends in this church, and I'll take a lot of the rest of the people in this church as my family. That's who you are. You become the family of God, and love exudes and excludes all the judgmentalism, doesn't it? It doesn't care if you blew it last week. We all do. It doesn't matter. God has already covered all that. There is none righteous, but there is someone who's righteous in God's eyes. It's the one who has been saved from hell and from this earthly life of misery by the power of God. Right? His blood is covering you right now. Satan has no part in this room. You're not invited here, Satan. You think you own this place? We cast you out right now. You're not welcome and you get to Acts chapter 13, and you see the power of demons, because I shared it last week, the proconsul, the governor of the, of the island of Cyprus, is a Jew, and he has, working under him, a guy by the name of Bar-Jesus, and you saw what happened when Paul got there. And you, you saw it clearly that he realized that this guy was giving bad advice. Now, you know what I think? We have two candidates for presidency that don't have a clue about what the Bible teaches. They don't understand it. Although some are saying that Trump recently accepted Christ. I don't know. But Paul said this to the guy with demons. He just addressed him straight up. Because I can't see you, so I just lay it out here. You are a child of the devil. Well, I'm not going to your church. What if I looked down here at Laura and said, you are a child of the devil, and so are you two girls. You two girls, and I'm going to go a little further. You're all Jezebels. Just, you think they're going to come back next week? Who are you kidding? Why do you think Paul went from city to city? It wasn't because he was planting churches. It was because he was kicked out of them. He had no choice but to go plant a new one. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? You're going to get kicked out. You're a child of the devil. And then he goes on and says, and an enemy of everything that is right. You are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. And by now, I'm sure they're going, oh, my goodness. Oh, God. Oh, I can't stand. <laughs> Continue on. <laughs> I'll kill you as soon as I can. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? That kind of backstabbing that goes on in church. Gladys Travis peeking through the crack in the curtains. Remember the Bewitched? Gladys Travis, she's peeking out the window. Oh, George! George, come over here. I shared this again last night. With, with Ray Denhoff, I said, I remember the illustration I've used many times of the woman who keeps an eye on, on the Christian neighbor, the man, that's older gentleman, and she just keeps a constant eye on him, and she sees this car parked over in front of his house all the time, and, sh- and she spreads through the whole neighborhood. That car has been there every night. You know what's going on. It's obvious he's having an affair. He couldn't stop her, so he just went and parked his car in front of her house and left it there overnight. Is <laughs> not the way to handle it. You know what? Satan, you don't win. You're not wiser than God. God is wise. God gives you the wisdom you need to address the things that are happening to you. You think God's just going to make it easy for you when you want to live for God? When you want to be different? When you would like to have the power to overcome all the obstacles in your life? He goes right on. He doesn't stop. He says, will you never stop perverting the right ways of the Lord? Now the hand of the Lord is against you. You're going to be blind for a time. Not even able to see the light of the sun immediately immediately, because the power of God was on Paul, immediately mist and darkness came over him, and he groped about seeking someone to lead him by the hand. When the proconsul saw what had happened, he believed, for he was amazed at the teaching about the Lord. And you know what happened? There, In, in Josephus' records, it says that, literally, they have indication from the markings that were left on the island of Cyprus that people had become Christians because the governor believed and became a Christian. You know what I'm praying for China? Oh, God almighty. I told Becky, you guys are going to the orphanage next year and you're going to this home for kids who don't have, they have nothing but the street. You're going there next year because this is what I believe is going to happen to our church. We're going to adopt all their kids. Because God's gonna start speaking to you and saying you need to adopt a Chinese child. They'll be on the streets. My little boy Josiah is worth zillions of dollars. Is there such a thing as zillions? Zillions. Gotta correct myself now or my wife will correct me later. You could change a life. You could change a destiny. Paul knew that if he could get through to this guy bar Jesus, he could free him from his demons. If you are constantly oppressed, if you are constantly depressed, if you're constantly feeling like your life is aimless, if you're constantly feel like there's no direction in your life, you need to surrender to God, whatever it is that's in your life. Come to Jesus. Have a come to Jesus moment. I surrender to you, God. And then the scripture goes on in verse 13, and it says, then Paul and his companions put out to sea from Cyprus, from Paphos, and came to Perga, up on the shore again, just north, west a little bit of Cyprus, in Pamphylia. But John left them and returned to Jerusalem. And I thought, "Woo! this is like, this is really big stuff. Because you, you could just stop there, right there at that spot with John leaving. Because here's how it goes. If you are in ministry, you must become accustomed to the fact that people are going to come and people are going to go. Come and go all the time. You do not lose focus because people come and you do not lose focus because people go. You stay fixed on what God is telling you to do. Direct and point people back to Christ. And so the scripture actually says that they left Cyprus, they left the governor behind. God only knows what was going to happen now that he's, he's a believer. And they went up to Paphos, and then they went further up. And, and the scripture says that when they got there on the mainland again, that John left. He left. And I went back to see what was written about what happened to John after he left because this is something that bothers me so much all the time. People come and people go, but I get attached to those people, and I'm thinking, well, why did they leave? Where did they go? I'm not their shepherd anymore. I don't get to be there for them. They won't be there for me. You know what the most most, um, blessed thing that happened to me this week was, on my birthday, first of all, the staff wanted to take the day off, take me out which was from their hearts <laughs> it was it was from their hearts because they actually had to meet ray over there at the church to pour the five feet deep four feet wide concrete cylinder that the cross went in and they were what time did you guys get there nick Six thirty, and ray was there and they they did it and they left and i went and studied at the church and then they met me at my house at 11 o'clock and we went out to the golden hog trough on the other side of town Golden Corral, I guess it's called. I don't even like going there because you just feel like a monster, you know? This is, oh wow, this is like rotating with hog trough. Then we went and saw the Jason Bourne movie afterwards and I said, who in the heck goes to movies in the middle of the afternoon? Look around, it's all old people. (laughs) I'm so glad we do not have our services at Star Theater out there in Alpine, it used to be Star, it's not anymore, it's AMC, I think, or something like that. It's all recliners, like leather recliners, this wide with two cup holders and mega arms and the the footrest comes up automatically. It's like, oh my gosh, all they need is a vibrator on this thing and everybody be sleeping. Thank God we don't have that place for church. I'd have to be doing flips all the time. So anyway, we had, we had a really good day, but what was happening the day, during the day was that I was so blessed to have friends texting me saying, we love you, Pastor. And I thought, I feel so loved. And I love these people so much. Everybody wants to feel loved. Not Everybody, everybody doesn't want to feel dirty. Everybody doesn't want to feel sinful. Everybody doesn't want to feel rejected. Everybody wants to feel and believe that they're loved. It's so missing in our lives these days. It's such a spirit of an entitlement and and me first that nobody else is placed first besides you, and you feel miserable because of it. And you give your little skimpy sacrifice to church, your weekly sacrifice, which is not a sacrifice. What is happening with the new building is you are pouring out your love through giving something you don't even have. It's a sacrifice. Watch in one month when we collect all the money, we walk into the bank, and they'll, they'll be blown away because we will move into a place that is ours and is, was an old truck barn. Four garages out there for the youth building that will be second to none look so stellar we'll do it all ourselves thank you for the people that have come and helped actually and I look at Paul and he had to say goodbye to John Mark it had to be really tough it it God had made Paul now rise from remember over the past several weeks because he was down there in Arabia having a depression time of his life that he just couldn't handle what salvation and conversion brought If you think that you're going to have it easy, if you stand for God, you're crazy. Your friends are going to run. You think you're too good now to have a couple beers with us? No, I just don't want to. Really? Come on. You just, what a jerk. You think you're too good, I notice you don't swear anymore. You don't drop those cuss words. You think you're too good. They don't want anything to do with you. Now, John Mark left for a reason. He left and separated, and what I was saying was, I looked to see, does history record what the issue was? It doesn't necessarily record what the issue is. You're kind of left to speculate, several things probably. One is I think that Saul comes on the scene now, and God is telling him that you need to bring the message, not just to the Jewish people, but you need to bring the message to the Gentile people, and people who are legalists, and are used to having it done this way forever, they're not open to change they are not willing to see change come in the church they think this is why it should be this is the way it should be that's why all these christian reform and reformed churches are dying they won't even exist in 25 years they'll be off the scenes unless there's a revival that's why i didn't want to be in a church building that had just died i wanted to be in a warehouse so people could say it doesn't matter where you meet as long as god is there right not about a cross up in the front of the church. It's about the cross that Christ died on to free us from legalism and death and bondage. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When I see Vince get stand up, weren't you Catholic most of your life? Yeah. I saw it earlier and I thought to myself, all these chains have been loosed, ripped off, freed, no more legalism, no more going to this little secret closet where the priest is. Been coming out of the closet lately too. But secret little closet in there, you say you should never be saying that. That's a spash on Catholicism. There are, there are Catholic Christians, but if they're really Christians, I think they ought to get out of the Catholic Church. It's an abomination. The new priest is that I mean the new Pope is an abomination. I'm sorry. That's what I believe. Paul got in trouble because Paul spoke the truth wherever he went. John Mark got mad for some reason this really drives me crazy stay the course test it out John Mark 20 years later he actually came back you go to the book of first Timothy and you'll find out that he is back with Paul 20 years later people leave for the dumbest reasons I never understand it maybe he was I don't know maybe he was uh timid didn't want to cross over the Tarsus mountains. Maybe he had—he was nervous about safety from bandits. I don't—I don't know what it was, but, or maybe he was disgruntled with Paul taking lead over the team. This is one of the things that drives me crazy. Do people need a leader? Does America need a leader? Yeah. Oh God! The entire country is in chaos, and the church is the, re- the reason why. Because the church has—we have given ourselves over to troublemakers. Judas's we literally have given in every 12 people. There's a Judas We have given ourselves over to bending our ears to the person who has the greatest gripes Everywhere they go. They're griping. It's always a gripe about this. Nobody wants to be around a griper Right Everybody wants to be around somebody that picks them up slaps them in the face and say get back in a race Huh? Let's have some fun right? Right. Gosh. 2 Timothy 4.11 says this. This is how I know he came back. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you because he is helpful to me in my ministry. Paul is saying, get Mark. You know what I see in Paul? He is willing to get over things. You know what I see in my future? There are going to be a lot of people that are going to wander our way because they're going to think to ourselves, why were we criticizing him He's not perfect, we're not perfect. We need to get over ourselves, right? Right. There is none perfect. There is none righteous. No, not one. Not presidents, not pastors, not husbands, not wives, not parents, not school teachers, not politicians, Right? right? Oh, it's okay, though. We've kind of learned to accept liars. It doesn't mean I accept liars, but I'm not going to hate them. Do you know how it is when you know somebody's shunning you? You go in the grocery store and they go, Oh my God, here comes, Oh God. Oh, the stench from her is way over here. All of a sudden, you go down some aisle that is a man, goes down an aisle with all female products. And she walks down that aisle and she says, What a pervert. <laughs> God makes things spring back on you because you're afraid to deal with what you need to do. Just love those people, right? Just love them. Love them. And don't burn your bridges. Don't burn your bridges because you never know, but you might need that bridge back someday. You understand that? Right. You might actually need that person in your life, the one that you cast out and wanted nothing to do with. I think John Mark was just immature. Immature. And he left and he went his own way like a lot of other people in the Bible did. The fact that it appears that he went directly to Jerusalem without reporting the progress of the team to the Antiochian church might give the impression that John Mark was uncomfortable with the Gentiles coming to Christ. You know why what church it was that I mentioned last week that closed their doors recently in the buildings for sale, it's on Cottonwood. First Genesis. do you know why that church closed? You do know the answer don't you because john mark was there he didn't like the fact that younger people were coming in they didn't like the fact that younger people were coming in and wanted to make changes so they went through pastor after pastor and threw them out and said you can't make changes this is the way it's always been and i think you die god's wanting to send a fresh wind fresh fire yes I am not going to put the liquor store out of business next to our church like they think. I'm mowing and pulling their weeds. Fastest way to shut that down is to get them to come to church. Who cares? We need to see those people come to Christ. They need to be talking about, whoa, there's something going on over there in the black building, in the black church. Something's going on. Wait till you see the cross we made. Looks like something off the Batmobile. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure Mrs. Hawkinsbach's is going to be there. She's going to go, do you see that cross? Like, Really? Are you kidding her? Oh, she can be there. Yeah, we're going to invite her in. We're going to play the organ for one second, and it's going to... Band's going to come up out of the floor. <laughs> <laughs> and she's going to... She's going to throw down her chains and start dancing in the street. Huh? We're going to have a block party the week we open our church. We're going to have a block party. you got to go over there because we took that picture of Jesus and blew it up. Huge. It's on the end of the youth building. Jesus is the Lord. They, I understand they wanted to put a Muslim as the flag bearer for the United States in the Olympics, and I'm thinking to myself, political correctness will get you nowhere but swallowed up and eaten alive. There was a Muslim girl right at the beginning, next to Michael Phelps, and I'm thinking to myself, I am so sick and tired of political correctness. So the scripture says, moving on from Perger, they arrived at Pisidian Antioch, which is up further on the continent, and on the Sabbath day they went into the synagogue and sat down. And after reading from the law and the prophets, the leaders of the synagogue sent them a message saying, brothers, this is to Paul and his group. He was the leader of the group. There's nothing wrong with saying that. Brothers, the leaders of the synagogue said this, if you have any message of exhortation for the people speak it." It would be like me going into one of these staid churches of our area and them saying, well, hello, Mr. Peterson. Isn't he the one that did all those horrible things? Hello, Mr. Peterson. Isn't he the one that's on the Internet? Huh? You know this is how it works. Yeah, it is. It would be like me going in there and these women saying, we would love for you to share a few words today. So from what I understand, these are the things that actually happen in the synagogue, because I had to look up and check on this. There's the recitation of the Shema. What is the Shema? It is basically this. You have to believe that there is only one God, hero Israel. They all say this together in harmony. It's like going into a Christian reformed church where they do that, whatever it is. They sing from the Psalter, but they also recite things, don't they? Nick, you grew up in it. Well, it's like you go into the you go into the you go into the um, what am I trying to say synagogue and this is what they say Hero Israel the Lord our God the Lord is one Hero Israel the Lord our God the Lord is one after a while it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. I will make you a promise. God is looking for something fresh and something new. That's his word. That is powerful. But if you recite it and don't mean it, it's vain. Yeah. It is vain, it is it is like s- s- stabbing God in the heart. It is getting up here, I told the worship team today. Listen to me. I would rather have no worship because this is not a show than to have a bunch of professionals that are hardened in their hearts and Saturday night they were living like hell. You're not going to experience God unless we mean it. Hero Israel. I say this to them today. The Lord our God is one God. That's the Shema. They only... They only practiced the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, where there's 613 various commandments. That's what they practiced, because that was a part of it. Then secondly, they they prayed, but they prayed the same routine prayers over and over and over. And then thirdly, they had to to have a priestly blessing on the whole thing that was going to take place. Then they read from the Torah, and then they read from the prophets, but they didn't get it. And then they had this Sermon this homily, and that's where the worship leaders at the at the um, synagogue came to Paul, and they'd heard a lot of stuff about him, and he was dressed in it. I could picture this. He was dressed in his rabbinical attire, his, his stuff, his garment, and they just thought, well, he looks like a spiritual man. Be like me coming in today with a full suit on and a great big fat tie and a rug. And I walk in here and go, morning brothers and sisters and Jesus praise God and I got a big Bible under my arm gonna have a good service today you got the King James only right (laughs) so Paul and his companions walk into the synagogue because there are no churches There are only home churches there are no big fancy buildings to go to he goes in there and I can imagine I I honestly believe this that Saul Paul Said, I'm going in there because we are going to, God is going to open up the floodgates and something is going to happen in the house today, isn't it? Something's going to happen. They said, would you like to give a short homily? Emphasis on short. We'd love to hear what you have to say, wouldn't we, sisters? Brothers. Well, he gave it to them he gave it to him yeah actually i wanted to have the whole text on the screen but it's way too long so he started in verse 30 he talks 13 he talks about blessing them in egypt And then he goes back and he talks about leading them out of Egypt after they've been blessed there. Because remember, they went down to Egypt because of the famine. Joseph got them down there and they were there for years. But eventually the Egyptians got concerned that they were growing too much in numbers so that they started to put all these rules on them and eventually they became slaves. Don't listen to the devil, by the way. He will make you think that he really cares about you and get you involved in something that eventually will make you a slave. Some things are not wrong, but they're not best for you. Not all things are expedient for me. They're lawful for me Yes, I can drink beer, but if I go too far with it, it will control me I could play video games, but if I go too far it will control me. I could think these things But if I go too far, they will destroy me won't they? so He comes in and he talks about Egypt Then he talks about how he let them out and then he put up with them in the wilderness literally He actually says that God put up with them. And then um, he talks about how it took 450 years for all of this to transpire for them before they could even see anything. They wanted a prophet. They wanted a king. They got Saul for 40 years. They removed Saul because he was no longer good enough. And they got David. And they loved David. He knew that if you mentioned David's name he would have them the leaders of the synagogue on his page. He wanted to keep the people understanding that he knew the scripture that they had. Yes, he practiced. He practiced the Pentateuch and the scripture and he understood the commandments, understood the commandments of God, but he wanted them to see to what, to the point that I want you to see this today. Religion without God is just ridiculous. It is ritual, it is ruin. It is ruined. It will ruin you. Reading your Bible without practicing what it says will destroy you. It will make you hate the things of God. You'll be dusty and rusty and musty. And crusty probably too. You get to verse 16, it says, So Paul stood up, gestured with his hand and said, Israelite man and you Gentiles who fear God. Listen, another thing that probably made them pretty upset, there were Gentiles in their synagogue. And he wants to make it clear to everybody that even though you think that we shouldn't be reaching those people, I'm going after them. You need to change. You need to let it go. You need to let it go. Let your stupid ways go. This is exactly what I think Jesus would do. He'd probably go over right next to the party store, between the party store and, and Hell's Dungeon or whatever that place is called, the food place. <laughs> The dungeon, Granville Dungeon, the, the, the salad buffet's been there for 80 years. They haven't changed the toast once. <laughs> you go in there, it's the exact same stuff. I hadn't been in there for like 15 years. They still have the potato skins with that cheese. It's good, but it's killer stuff. It's been condemned for years now. <laughs> Culture is condemning everything. You can't eat anything anymore without it, some kind of nation on it. You know this is true. That's why I have this idea to start a farm, an herb farm. I'm being serious. An herb farm. I think we could really make some money for missions off the charts here. Get back on target. Verse 27 says, the people of Jerusalem and their rulers did not recognize Jesus. Now he gets the serious stuff. He's kind of giving them all this stuff they know. And now, have you ever noticed that when you come to church here, you're fine as long as I'm not talking about something that affects you? Have you noticed that? Oh, I'm just fine. Yes, Pastor. Oh, thank God, Pastor. Then all of a sudden, I talk about lust, and you go, now you're meddling. Video games. There's nothing wrong with video games. I only play three hours a day, Pastor. I talk about overeating, and every woman in here wants to be hung from a cross. Every man is, what? Oh, my wife says, not every woman, honey. No. It's because all women feel sorry for other women. Yeah. Isn't that correct? Yeah. Oh, now I'm into spiritual abuse. I'm spiritually abusing y'all. I guarantee you, you, you cannot win if you're the pastor. You can't preach now. You just got to talk. And God's people went up to pay for us. It was there on the, Sabbath, on the Sabbath day that he preached in the, in the, in the synagogue. And the leaders of the synagogue, and everybody's out there in those recliners, and they're going, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, a part of the service was to read from the prophets. And Paul goes on to say, yet in condemning him... They fulfilled the words of the prophets that are read every Sabbath. Because he is trying to point them to Jesus, and he's saying to them, now you need to take, if, if the shoe fits, wear this, but in condemning Jesus, you're actually fulfilling that the prophets said the Messiah would come. Huh? He's saying to them, you guys are murderers. You killed the Messiah. All of a sudden they're saying, new pastor, new pastor, put out there, get the committee. New pastor, we need a new pastor. We need a new president. He didn't do this. Get over yourself. We're getting what we deserve. Do you understand it? It's the legalists that are ruining the country. You wouldn't be satisfied if Jesus was president. That's the truth. Legalism is destroying the church. God's not interested in whether you drink, whether you had an affair, whether you cheat, whether you play video games. He's interested in loving you to the point where you want to do what is right. We cannot run around condemning each other because He doesn't. You say, Well, you do every Sunday. No, I don't. That's not what I'm doing. I'm trying to tell you this. The only time I'm happy is when I'm sin free. You got this? This side over here is always so quiet. Let's flip sides next week. You people sit over there. Shock me. And you guys sit over there, okay? Some of you say, you honestly think I'm coming back again for this torture? (laughs) Talking about I'm not coming back. This was your one chance, and you blew it. You're coming back. Mm Mm-hmm. So nowadays everybody's emphasizing unity. You know, it it is all about unity. The only way that you're going to get unity, I guarantee you, is this, and this was this was Paul's style preach the truth. Do you think I'm right? Preach the truth. Preach in the power of the Holy Spirit. Speak the truth all the time. Because if I, if I love somebody, I am going to tell them the truth in love. I am not going to shun them in the grocery store. I'm not going to tell the entire church that you shouldn't speak to him. I am going to say no. Everybody ought to love on him because that's what brings people back, not hate the Gentiles now have a way in. Paul says, you were always dogs to all the Jews. You could never live up to all their standards. I'm saying this, you're all welcome. God loves all of you. Woo, God, thank you. I hope we have a whole church full of sinners over there at Blacksville. I hope we have a whole church full of neighborhood kids who need Christ. I hope that the neighbors see and hear the power of God seeping out of the roof. In that old Granville tractor, something's going to be happening. It already is. People drive by there every day. They ought to know that that's a place where the God word of God is first and foremost. There is salvation and nothing else, none other. No, the Muslims have it wrong. They have it wrong. They are anti-God. There is no way to say something nice other than they need Jesus. We should witness to them. We should not be afraid of them. They do not win. We win. Do you understand that? We win. Prophecy says we win. So I'm sticking with the prophets. They weren't. Paul was saying to them, you are mocking the prophets by not listening to what they said. The fulfillment came in Jesus. And he brings up in this sermon, David, who is crucial to the jewish people but he also brings up john the baptist and so when i was studying this week about john the baptist i found this very interesting the muslims are they say that in the in the dead sea scrolls that were found there is writing to prove that john the baptist was a separate cult that actually hated jesus and did not agree with him and i say you lying dogs That's what the Muslims are saying, the Quran says, that John the Baptist was against Jesus. No, he was the forerunner of Jesus, saying, repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of sins. Repent and you get forgiven. Baptize and the Holy Spirit comes in you. The minute you get saved, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in you. You realize that? Tomorrow night at Men's Bible Study, I'm clearing up that mess. Our entire city is a part of this thinking, no, you just... You just assimilate salvation. That's why all these people sit in this room. I think I'm saved, and you know you're not. If you have one ounce of doubt, you're not saved. I have not one ounce of doubt. By the grace of God, it's not my perfect life that's going to get me there. This city has proven that. It is not what's on the internet that is going to keep me or get me to or from. It is what Jesus' blood has done upon the cross for me that has freed me freed me from the payment for all my sin there is none righteous but there is a new name written down in glory and it's mine oh yes it's mine and the saints and sinners tell the story don't they Woo! i'm free i don't have to pay he paid for mine there is none righteous except for every person in this room who believe that christ was the true messiah There it was in the synagogue, Paul proclaiming the truth. I have to finish the message by just reading the last couple verses because it's the most powerful part of the whole deal. In verse 48, I'm way on 15. I don't know if you can get there for PowerPoint. It's not important. When the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and honored the word of God and all were appointed for eternal life, who are appointed for eternal life, believed. And then it says, The word of God spread through the entire region, but the Jewish leaders incited the God-fearing women of high standing and the leading men of the city. They stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their region they shook the dust off their feet. This is Paul and Barnabas and his other followers. You don't want us here? We are not going to have a pity party. I'm not going back to Arabia. I'm not going back to Tarsus and cry for weeks because my family just doesn't accept me anymore or my brothers don't like me anymore or all that nonsense that we become involved in That is just a ploy of Satan to get your eyes on something other than what's true. So they shook the dust off their feet as a warning to them and went to iconium and the disciples were filled with joy and with the holy spirit i don't care what you're going through right now praise man, come back up here i don't care what you're going through listen to me this is very important god loves you i have to stop believing the lies of the enemy And I know this about my life. I love God and he loves me. And it was proven on my birthday because so many of you said, we love you, Pastor. And it drove into my mind and heart again. Don't believe the lies of the devil. You're an overcomer, Pastor. You're an overcomer. Through the blood of the Lamb, you have overcome. You don't need to be hung up on the past. You don't need to live in pity every day. You don't need to go home and grab the video game. You got Jesus. You got joy. You got it? You got Christ. You have freedom you have Jesus you are the richest man and woman in the room you don't need to get a divorce you don't need to be angry at your parents or your kids he has set you free to dance he has set us free hasn't he we're free indeed it was for freedom that he set us free we don't want to go back to bondage we're overcomers through the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony I say to all those in this city who don't believe me I love Jesus I want to serve him all the days of my life. Will you stand with us?